Well, good morning, Salem Heights, and anybody else who's watching. We're glad that you've joined us today. This is my wife, Amanda, and I'm AJ. And we're going to worship together today before we hear from God's Word. And His Word says this in Psalm 18. It says this. It says, He reached down from on high, and He took hold of me, and He drew me out of deep waters. And we know that that is what Christ has done with uh, each one of us that knows Him personally, and that's what we're going to celebrate today. So why don't you sing with us, if you would. Bring the family on in the room. We're going to have a family worship time now. So let's sing together. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy came You called me out, lifted me up How great is your love You bore my weakness, you took my shame my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love. From the heights of heaven, from the heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth in a sad perfection. Life for us, and we are amazed, and we stand in awe, for we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great is your love! How great, how great, how great is your love! Oh, how great, how great.
pray that you'd help us to trust you with every bit, with everything that comes our way. We know that you are trustworthy. We know that you are faithful. 
and you will see us through anything we might be walking through. We know that there are lots of folks that are hurting right now because of loss of jobs. Uh, lots of different things have been shaken up. Uh, our routines, uh, our family lives. God, what I would pray that you'd help us to look to you in these days because you're going to be our only source of happiness and our only source of joy and peace. So I pray that you'd help us to do that. We look forward to looking into your word now and pray that you would move us as a result the way that you would like to move us. In Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you this morning. And uh, I'm really excited to be back uh, here in the chapel this week uh, with Pastor Justin. And uh, we are uh, taking precautions to be socially distant. So yeah. um, the, the distance between us has been measured out. But uh, we really just wanted to be able to come to you and uh, be able to, uh, again, work together, have a conversation, and invite you in on some things that God's been laying on our hearts this week. And so hopefully you've taken the time to grab your family and you have your Bibles. And we're going to be looking at several scriptures today. But Pastor Justin, before we get started, I know we had a couple of announcements we wanted to update our church family about. Yeah, I think the first thing is that we're going to be um, beginning a, a video testimony project where each week we're going to be reviewing testimonies that are coming into us, and then we're going to be putting up on our website testimonies from our people from all walks of life. So it's not just one uh, ministry, not just one gender, not just one situation, but every single situation. And one of the reasons is we, we want to be able to record not just what's going on now in this kind of topsy-turvy circumstance, but I, we want to reflect on everybody's story. And so we want to be able to, to rejoice over what God has done in our people to bring them to salvation or get them through life um, to his glory. Yeah, so there's a lot to praise the Lord about right now. We want to hear from our folks. And so if they have a video, how can they get that to us? Yeah, what we we're asking them to do is either send that video to my email, uh, justing at salemheightschurch.org, or your email, which is pete at yep. salemheightschurch.org. And um, then we'll vet those from there. We're going to find a place to put every video that we can on display, but we'll begin to, to highlight some of those videos or maybe even ask people to fill in some blanks uh, during the course of uh, this next season. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, another thing we wanted to just update our church family about was um, last week we had put out kind of an urgent cry, a uh, little announcement that just said, hey, we, we have a need. Our food closet was very, very low, and we had been giving out a lot of food. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people responded to that plea. I think partly we heard a lot of people got, were kind of drawn to Pastor Matt's dog, Gus. Yes. And then wrestling in the background, but it was a great turnout. Um, so many of our church family came through last Saturday and were able to donate. Uh, we're guessing close to a literal ton of food that was donated. Uh, and in, in addition to that, about uh, close to $3,000 given to the food closet. More money even coming in today, the day that we're recording this message. And um, super excited to see all that participation. Our, our pastors and staff, um, where some of us were there to collect the food. We had our masks on and gloves yeah. on, but it was really great to see some people uh, that we haven't seen in a few weeks because yeah. of this. And um, then to be able to see that, that food already being used by the Lord to go out and, and meet needs in our community. And that yeah. was something that our, 
our pastors and staff and our wives who were with us, we prayed before we went home that night. I said, God, you've provided this. Now help us use it. And uh, yesterday, the Be Bold ministry guys uh, and Pastor Matt went out to West Salem to Wallace Park and were able to take uh, 100 loaves of bread, peanut butter and jelly, along with some other food donations that had come in and be able to minister. They, they, they believe they were able to interact with almost 600 people that are out there at a homeless camp Man. and uh, talk to several of them about the Lord and uh, just a great opportunity to be able to be uh, the hands and feet of Jesus at this time. So um, wanted to just thank our church family for participating in that. And if you want to continue to give to the food closet, um, you can uh, help us out that. You can email serve at salemheightschurch.org and uh, we'll help uh, coordinate a time to collect that from you. Um, but uh, as we kind of look at this morning, you know, we're a few weeks now removed from Easter, and uh, we've kind of been talking about where do we go right now as a church. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, that kind of direction for you and me as we've been talking has started to come into focus. So yeah. maybe share a little bit about what we're going to be doing this morning and kind of where we're going to be heading the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this morning we're going to take a look at one big idea, and that is what is God growing in you? And... Uh, we just want to unpack a metaphor that comes up over and over again in Scripture, a motif, a picture that gets brought up in the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, and I think it's really relevant to this season. Uh, we'll look at that in a moment, but uh, we're getting ready to do a series, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? And we were intending to do that at the end of summer. So we were going to come out of our summer series, do Who Do You Think You Are, and go into uh, the fall, but we really felt like right now we as a people, Salem Hiders and Christians in general, need to be uh, looking in Scripture and evaluating what does God say about us? Who are we in Him? What are we to be about? What is the direction that we are headed? And we have an opportunity right now to reassess what is our calling and what does God say about us so that we'll be rightly situated when we come out of this to be more active. Yeah. Use this as a season of preparation for what is next. And so that who do you think you are, Matt, uh, has been doing that in most excellent way for a long time. Uh, and we're just bringing that in here. Uh, we were going to do that in conjunction with them to honor some transitions that are happening there. And so we're going to ask him to participate with us in that over this next uh, short series. But um it really starts with the idea of what is God preparing in you? What has he planted in your heart? So we want to tackle that this morning. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about like where did this um, idea, this idea of growth and planting um, come from? Yeah, well, we're in the Willamette Valley, and we're heading into spring, and everyone else that's getting quarantined around the nation is getting quarantined in just nasty weather. We've gotten this insane short season of beautiful mm, weather, yeah. and stuff around us is starting to pop. There's cherry blossoms that are coming off. Fruit trees are starting to come into bloom. Uh, for those that have allergies, they've been really aware that the pollen count just right. shot way up during right. the last couple of weeks. There's all kinds of stuff growing and becoming green in the Willamette Valley. We're known for uh, fruit. We're known for tulips. We're known for vegetables. We're known for grass seed. Uh, we're known all around uh, the nation, even for ornamental shrubs and stuff. We grow things here. And we wanted to look at not only what is happening around us, but be able to just start to think, okay, Lord, we're in a place where we see growth. What is the process that we see used as a motif in Scripture of growing things? 
Um, and, and how do you do that in our own life? How is that process similar? How is it the same? And how do we interact with that? Yeah, because every time in Scripture you see a, an illustration used multiple places, especially if it's used in the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, it was something that carries the day, something that people yeah. can understand. So this idea of seasons and growth and the time to plant and the time to harvest, this is something that uh, the authors could speak to that helps us understand not only um, what God does, but how He does it spiritually in us. Yeah. So what's the first part of that process? Well, what we want to do uh, this morning is just take a 30,000-foot view of God as a landowner preparing his field uh, in order to arrive at a place where he has produce. So we're just going to be up at the 30,000-foot view looking down at this picture in Scripture in a general way. And we had four parts to the process that God as the landowner is busy doing or eagerly anticipating in the field that he is considering. And the first thing that God is busy doing is God is busy preparing. That's what we see in scripture. And one of the verses that we had kind of uh, used to prepare our hearts for this in that preparation is actually um, out of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter one, verses nine and 10. Yeah, it says this, then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and to plant. It's uh, an intriguing moment for Jeremiah. Jeremiah at this place is uh, being commissioned by God, being told that he has, uh, God has a plan for him. I'm going to go do this. And he says, man, I'm so scared. I'm a youth. I don't know if I have the ability to go and do these things. Um, and he tells him, no, wherever you go, you're my man. I've actually, you're a chosen instrument. And then he says these words that I, I'm going to put my words in your mouth and they're going to pluck up, break down, destroy, overthrow. These are all terms that don't sound all that nice. They sound actually bothersome or overwhelming or concerning to us, especially in our generation. We don't like when God uses that kind of language. But these are all terms that would have been used in a field. Before I build or before I plant, it's all out of that motif of I've got to do some preparation. And preparation often requires upheaval. So you have to go in. When uh, Christina and I moved into our place, we moved into a place and, and uh, before the people that owned it right before us had it, it had sat fallow for 18 months. And then they tried to reclaim it and... Uh, didn't have a whole bunch of uh, effect there. And in the backyard, uh, the brambles and briars were so high, they were all the way up to the back window, second story windows. The neighbors down below said they hadn't seen the house or our place in over 20 years. Wow. It's just brambles and nastiness. Right. And it was so crazy. Uh, Jeff Howell came in with a bulldozer and said, I can help you with this. And, <laughs> and he came in and cut this whole, it was uh, almost three quarters of an acre. He cuts this all down with a bulldozer. In order for us to get to a place where we could prepare it or turn it into anything, we had to tear out the brambles, uproot some of these scrub trees that were in there. We had to demolish some of the stuff that was eroding it or, or getting in the way before we could plant yeah. and do something that was useful. That's the same picture that's used in scripture. God says, I've got a loving plan, but the first step of that plan is I gotta get rid of some stuff or turn it over. If it's a good field and it just sat fallow, I still have to disc it. I've got to 
rototill it. I've got to churn it up so it'll receive the, the seed. Right, because if it's hard, if it's compacted, if it's got something else in it, the seed's not going to be able to penetrate and get into yeah. the nutrients and, and start to grow. So God is this this landowner. It says this is all his creation, yeah. and it's not speaking. I mean, it, it ties to the physical earth, but also us. We're part of his creation. But this part of the process of him constantly preparing. He's always at work preparing hearts, preparing minds for his word and for yeah. what he wants to do in our lives. What's the second part of the process? Yeah, so we see him preparing the land, but then we see God as the landowner busy planting. And one of the passages that highlights this is Matthew chapter 13. Yeah, starting in verse 1, it reads like this. On that day, Jesus went out to the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Yeah, so here's a passage where Jesus is sharing with a whole group of people. His disciples are present. But what's interesting is in this moment, he begins to share this uh, metaphor, this picture with them. And they, they're a little bit distraught. What are you talking about? In fact, this is a great lesson for us that's off topic for us this morning. But if you just will wait. God, when he's using a picture, will find some time to explain it very quickly. So he has to tell them, I'm talking to a generation that has a hard time hearing. I'm giving them a picture of not being able to receive. This whole picture that I'm sharing with you is about receptivity. But then he gives them an explanation starting in verse 18. Let's read that. I want to explain to you, he says, what I just was saying. Yeah, starting back up in verse 18, it says, So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is one sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root and is short-lived. When distress and persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. That's an amazing picture. There is uh, produce in one of those soils that is so profound, it just greatly multiplies. One seed ends up 30, 60, 100 fold. It's just filling up, um, you know, that's bounty that is there. We could unpack the parable of the sower. That's not our point this morning. There's a lot of wonderful things. There's a wealth of, of stuff that would be a blessing to us. But I want to focus on one point, and that is that when God is planting in a field, he always plants something specific. Mm. He's planting something specific. It says here, hear the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom. So it's a specific thing. 
that he is scattering, sowing, and he's looking for receptivity in, but it's a specific thing that he is planting. We forget that God has a specific plan. Uh, when Christine and I, once again, we're planting a garden and I want, really wanted these cucumbers, right? That I remembered when I was a kid, lemon cucumbers, my folks would grow them. And so we planted some lemon cucumbers down there the very first season that we did that. And this ginormous bush grows up and it's just, it's filling the entire place. It's taking over everything. So I try to eradicate that, right? We chop it all down and I'm thinking I'm all good, but I hadn't gotten all of those lemon cucumbers out of there that yeah. year. Some of them had gone to seed. So we try to plant the next season some other things and and didn't get our little stick pins in there to tell us what is it that was growing. All of a sudden this stuff is growing up there and I'm like, man, it has big leaves, but I'm not sure what we planted in that row, right? right. right? Well, whatever we had planted there got engulfed by these lemon cucumbers. It got overgrown. Something else was growing up in there. God, as a good farmer, actually has a plan. He knows what he planted and how to get that out of there. I, as a bad farmer, <laughs> just allowed whatever to grow up that was around there because I wasn't sure what I had planted. Yeah. In Scripture, God always has a distinct plan. I planted this. I'm expecting this. And he has a specific expectation for each of us as we respond. So. Yeah, I mean, farmers, they know their land. They know the climate. They they look ahead and they kind of forecast what is the year going to be. And it's not uncommon for farmers to switch up the crops in a field. Or, yeah. um, I know that when we moved to Idaho, there was a, a, a nursery, a store there that um, you could go to and they would educate you on the specific type of grass seed that was in the Treasure Valley over there and how that would grow and what kind of treatment plan you would need to get it to grow here. And these types of things would grow and these wouldn't. God knows what he's doing yeah and whatever he's allowing us to go through whatever he is doing to prepare us whatever he's trying to plant is the right thing for that season and time yeah and so i just think right now as as a church who's separated a church that's apart because of this virus and we continue to try to do ministry and do life together and to be the church um, it's not because god has taken a year off from farming yeah. He's actually prepared us for that. Sometimes for some of us he's using these circumstances to prepare us for seed. For some of us he's already prepared us and planted seed in us and he's doing something now in us part of that process. Yeah. But God is always specific in what he plants and he's always intentional in what he's doing. And so uh, again that's a great comfort to us to know that this is not the result of God kind of forgetting about us or taking a year off. He's actually doing still the work that he's always up to. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's distinct. Yeah, yeah he's got an absolute plan, I, and I think um, yielding to that is is very important. Being mm -hmm. receptive. Yeah, yeah. What's the third part of the process? Uh, God is busy preparing. He's busy planting. But the third thing that we see is God is patiently waiting. This is a critical one, and a good place to look at this is out of James chapter five. It says in verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. What, what, what a, a great promise and a reminder. Um, much in Scripture is reminding us that the Lord is coming and what we are in the process is important, but we're waiting for that day when we're going to see him face to face. Yeah. But the picture that he uses here is once again, this farming motif. And it's the idea that 
there is a certain produce that he's waiting for. You don't just plant the seed and then the next day you go out and cut it down. Right. Um, there are some things that sprout very quickly. You know, grass seed will sprout fairly quickly. Um, but you still have to wait for that to come to seed, they'll, they'll call it, where it actually has to grow till it gets a mature grain and then begins to uh, cast that seed around. So uh, you have a process you have to wait for for the fruit to come. And I think the thing that really is intriguing to me but, and is also valuable, you can't hurry that. Yeah. Even with grass, Willamette Valley is known for grass and fruit trees. With grass, it's very quick that it comes up, but you have to wait for that to mature a level before they can cut it into sod even and be able to transport that. It has to grow a certain amount of time. That season is shorter. That's a couple of months before you're ready to go. The fruit trees, if I were to plant one right now in this season, I may be waiting three or five years to get the first fruit out of that. But I, there's indications of growth all the way until then. But I'm waiting for up to five years for fruit. And then I'm expecting it every single year. A good farmer knows what it is that he's planted and waits for that produce. He doesn't hurry it or hassle it. Yeah, because for a farmer, what's produced is a livelihood. It's a means to yeah. be able to sell and to make income and provide a living. So he, he or she cares very much about what they're growing. Yeah. And so it's important to not rush that process so that you can get the, the best result. Yeah. And to, I love where it says there in James, there's early rains and late rains. I mean, there can even be a season where, okay, I think that was it. I think I learned. It's ready. I'm ready to be picked. I'm ready to go out and, and start. And he's, oh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. If you wait a little longer, get yeah. that second rain. Let me, do, let me do this next step here. Then you're going to be ready. Yeah. And when you're ripe, when, when a piece of fruit is ripe or, or a vegetable is ripe, I mean, it, you can tell and, and you can enjoy it um, quickly. If you, yeah. if you pick it too early, uh, you have to wait a long, lot longer for it to get ripe. And if yeah. you pick it too late, uh, sometimes it's already gone bad. And so I think the thing that I'm reminded of in this James passage is just the sovereignty of God. And again, we keep pointing to this each week, but that is our hope as believers. Yeah. We don't have to be sovereign over this situation. We don't have to have all the answers. He does, and he's saying, I, I prepared you. I planted something in you. I'm waiting. Trust me. Don't try to rush yeah. the process. It's purposeful, and I won't leave you there a day too long, and I won't pick you a day too early. I, I remember uh, a while ago I, I shared a message with our church, and in the middle of that was the, the heart of the message was don't hassle the bean. Yeah. But I'd read an article about a group of, of kids that were overachievers, but they had failed in producing this little crop in their classroom, and they couldn't figure out why these A students, type A kids, uh, were failing, but they had all planted these beans, and the kids that were really thriving there um, weren't at the upper echelon, you know, the upper end of the bell curve on, uh, in, in the classroom, but they were thriving with this project. What they found was that the kids that were high achievers had planted, watered, but then every day they're, they're messing with it, they're checking to see if it's growing, they're moving locations with it, they're touching it and irritating it, and it actually, they hassled the bean to the point that the little thing just would die, whereas the other kids had taken the instructions, planted the bean, watered it, and they just left it. <laughs> and the thing grew the way it was supposed to. Patiently waiting is actually part of the process, but it's the most disturbing to us that are product-oriented. We, we want to see something get produced. We hate the waiting part. Uh, we like steroid faith. 
I want to grow it today. I want to grow it big. I want to grow it now. GMO faith. Yeah, GMO <laughs> faith. So right. we, we want to avoid that right. if we can. And so we have the, the preparation, the planting, and the patience. What's the final point? The final thing that we see in this uh, kind of fourth stage, 30,000-foot view of God as the farmer producing thing is that he inspects the produce. Mm -hmm. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. It says this, <coughs> What then is Apollos? What then is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has a role the Lord has given. I planted Apollos water, but God has caused the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Yeah, the summary point that we were looking at here is that we are all producing something, mm -hmm. every single one of us. And it's, uh, it, it could be um, related, it's very closely related to the idea that God always plants something specific. But if we look at that parable of the soils and receptivity, we're receiving certain things. What gets produced in our life today was planted earlier. Mm -hmm. What gets produced in our life in three, six, or nine months from now three years from now, gets planted today. So we're going to see the fruit of this season in our culture, in our, uh, our current situation where we're meeting away from everybody. It feels like God's been producing the upheaval and planting and all that stuff is happening. Yeah. But what gets produced, we're allowing a seed to germinate, to settle into the soil of our heart, into our life right now. And we'll see the fruit of that down the road. God is anticipating the produce. He says, you, believer, I'm expecting this kind of fruit. And he's outlined that for us. What is going to be produced, we'll have to wait and see. And that's an important uh, thing for us to reflect on. What is being planted? What are we receiving in this season? Yeah, because we have a choice in this. We can uh, allow God to prepare our hearts. He can allow him to kind of you know, turn things over and take things out to prepare us to receive that and, and, and receive it. Or we can choose to get distracted, yeah. reject it, kind of focus on ourselves, try to prepare our own hearts, try to do it ourselves. But what we're doing now, yeah. whether we're going to yield to okay. God's process or choose a, po a process and a path of our own, the, the results will come too. Yeah. And we will see what we have been doing during this time. How are we looking at this time, although different, as an opportunity to still grow, or are we not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think that um, what the Lord does uh, in our life, he, he is anticipating that fruit. So he reserves the right to be discouraged in each, in both the Old and New Testament. Old Testament, he says, I planted this vineyard, but I go back there and there's all these vines that are not what would produce what I was looking for. Yeah. And there's a, a frustration with him uh, in the New Testament, uh, there's another parable that comes quickly on the parable of the soils. That is the parable of that tares, where he says, hey, I planted wheat, but tares look very much like it. An enemy planted tares. So there's these two things in the field. And even though he has to wait till the very end to sort it all out, there's a discouragement that's involved with, man, I don't want the tares to be a part of what the wheat are experiencing. And, and he wants us to make sure that uh, what we are producing has a distinct fruit. He, he has... 
planted something and has an expectation he's going to taste a certain way at the table, right? Mm -hmm. That's what he is, is looking forward to. He's anticipating that. So instead of looking at this time as a season of drought or a season of uh, no work, um, this is actually, we believe, because of the consistent uh, theme of God being at work, God planting, God causing increase, we see that throughout the scriptures. We want to encourage our folks this morning to really look at this as not a season of, of loss, but actually an opportunity for a great harvest to come from this, this time. And yeah. so as we kind of wrap up this morning, Pastor Justin, what are the, the key questions for us to consider as we move forward? Um, I, I think there's a couple that I was reading a short while ago, uh, this book called 40 Chances. It's actually by uh, Howard Buffett, um, grandson of Warren Buffett. And he was talking about, uh, you know, coming from a fairly wealthy family has all these different opportunities, but they were all encouraged. They had to find their own way. And he goes to this John Deere company uh, meeting where they're selling tractors, but he was so impacted by the guy's sales pitch. He, he writes it down from memory. And uh, I actually think it has some relationship to what we're talking about mm -hmm. here. He said, uh, I didn't write it down at the time, but this is, I remember it like this. He said, most of you think of farming as this continual process of buying seed, planting, fertilizing, harvesting, then starting all over again. But think about the period between the first time that your dad had you climb up with him on the tractor to plant and the day that you will turn your acreage over to your son or daughter. If you're healthy and you're like most farmers, you're probably only going to get to do this 40 times. You'll get 40 chances to plant your crop to adjust to what nature throws at you and hope for the best. It's enough time to learn to do it well, but it is not forever. Some of you are well into your 40 chances already. You've learned from your mistakes. I would guess that none of you feel like you can afford to take a single year left on your string for granted. What we're trying to do here is to make sure that you, we're giving you the best possible tools and the best possible advice on how to use them. That way, you can make the most of your 40 chances. He's highlighting something there in the real world that actually is highlighted in Scripture, and that is we, we don't get to just hit redo again over and over and over again. We get a chance right now to plant in this season. There's been some churning, upheaval, turning over. Uh, there's been a, a God is planting and now we're looking forward to what is the fruit of this going to be in three, six, nine months, a year. But we're waiting for that crop. So the question for us is because we don't get to just keep trying, right? There's an end game here and God is watching. The question we want you to consider is what will your field produce from this season? So specifically this season that we've been put in, whereby God's grace we have had some upheaval and turnover, what is it that is going to be produced in your life? And I want to add a reminder. Some of you may say, well, I'm looking at my life right now. And, you know, five years ago, I planted some stuff and I'm reaping the harvest of that. And it's terrible. And I feel in my soul right now that I've actually been allowing certain things to germinate in my life that are not good. Right. And I'm not sure in three, six, nine months what's going to happen. I want to give you a reminder in Isaiah, he talks about the transformation that can happen because of his word. It says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, giving seed 
to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I have purpose. And it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills before you will break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Mm. Once again, a growing theme. But what he says is, uh, hey, I, I came out into this place. I'm looking at the world. And he's, of course, once again, looking at a kingdom picture here. But he says, in a place where briars got planted, and I should only expect briars, because of the power of my word to transform what's actually growing there, it turns into the cypress. Instead of these thorns and thistles, it turns into the myrtle. Both of those were fragrant trees that were used in their booths, a reminder of God's provision when we haven't been faithful, he's still faithful. He says, because of my word, I can actually change what you planted. Mm. You just come to me, soak in the word, and I'll transform some of that bad stuff, but you yield to me. Yeah, I think probably the, my favorite part of this message is how we can now like go from here and as we continue to go about our days and we take walks and we're, yeah. we're going back and forth to the grocery store, um, and even in our yards, all the things that are going on around us in creation as we yeah. are in the spring season and things are beginning to, to bloom and to blossom, we have an opportunity to see a picture of God, His yeah. Word, what He's doing in us as well. And, and so I love when we can, we can look outside and we can be reminded of what God's Word says. But I know that uh, one of the things we've been wanting to do is also provide a way for families to kind of take yeah. these messages and work through them together. And, and you had a, a creative activity for families to try this week yeah. and maybe engage with this message a little bit more. Yeah, what I would love for you to do is uh, for each of our families to go out, if you have the ability, uh, go to you know Ace or go to Fred Meyer or someplace, buy some seeds, actually prepare some soil, plant those seeds, water them, and have them grow and then talk about the process in your family over these upcoming weeks. Not just of how it is to grow something. Many families are already planting stuff so you can just do this in your own garden but it may be that you don't have anything planted. Just find a way to get a little bit of soil and plant something, set it in the windowsill. But I would love for you to plant it, begin to uh, water it, take care of it, and then talk about that process of growth and how that is a process that God also does with us spiritually. Yeah. And then I, I would like you, as those things begin to grow, I would like to get some pictures from families. Hey, we, we've been doing this. We've been talking about this. This is the fruit of it in our family's life. But I want you to take a picture of that bean or whatever it is that you're growing uh, in your home. I'd like you to uh, send that to us and we'll collectively rejoice over what it is that God's growing in yeah. us. And I guarantee there will be some lessons also about patience, which I'm sure will be very helpful for parents to walk yes. through with their kids during this time um, as we all have to be patient as we yeah. wait. Um, well, thank you, Pastor Justin, for that message this morning. And I think it'd be fitting for us to, to finish with a word of prayer. So would yeah. you pray for us? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we do ask that right now you would help us uh, in this season in particular, but in our lives in general, we ask that you would help us to be thoughtful when you come in and till our heart soil, when you begin to tear out things uh, that need to be removed in order for what is your best to be placed there. 
Uh, I pray, Father, that you would help us to be receptive uh, when there is something you are planting, when you specifically want to do a work in our life, that we would yield to it. Father, help us to be patient as you are patient and allow the fruit of what it is you have placed in our life to begin to grow up. And Father, help us to, to look forward to that day that we give you an accounting, that we hold up to the light, the produce that you have brought into our life or from our lives, that we present to you as an offering those things that you have grown in us. And I pray, Father, that we would rejoice together. Help us as a church, help us as a community of believers to have a fruit that speaks of you, that speaks of your goodness, your grace, that reminds us of uh, not only your kindness, but your good plan you have all of these things in control. And uh, we praise you for that and ask that you would help us to yield in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so thankful that you joined us now. We want to take a time as a family, as a church family, to respond in worship. So please uh, join us now as we sing along with AJ and Amanda. It is well.
now to him who is able to keep you from falling to him who will keep you till the end now to him be all glory all honor and power you remember to keep following him for he is faithful we love you have a great rest of your day